Have you ever felt like you're running on empty in life? Some of us feel that way today. Somebody said that they're not, an, they're not a night owl or an early bird, but an exhausted chicken. <laughs> you ever feel like that? Have you ever just began the day or began the week and you wake up in the morning and say, I'm tired already, just thinking about what you have to do. I don't know about you, in the last year, my life has been 50 shades of tired. How about you? It's, it just seems like there's just been a lot going on and a lot in our life. The other day, the uh, weather report was coming on, and across the uh, screen was just 101, 103, 104, 100, you know, just, you know how it's been here recently. And I heard Denise, as she was watching this, she just said, ugh, yeah. Have you ever just looked out at what was ahead of you, and you just said, ugh, as you faced it? Even in the Disney movie, Happy is surrounded by Grumpy and Dopey. Have you feel like that's, that's who, that's some of your coworkers? <laughs> well, we feel like we're running on empty sometimes. And let me just say, there is something called spiritual weariness that can come upon us. And I believe I'm speaking to people that you would describe your life right now. I feel you'd say, Pastor, I feel spiritually weary. In the book of Hosea, chapter number 7, this is what God says. He says, their strength is sapped. Hmm. Their strength is sapped, and they don't even know it. Their strength is sapped, and they don't even know it. That like, like their hair is sprinkled with, with gray, and they don't notice it. As, as gray begins to appear in your hair, and you don't even see it. Your strength just begins to wane in life, and you don't even know it. It's the husband and wife who pledge before God this thing is for better or for worse, and now they're in a long season of worse. It's the young adult that is saying, God, I, I'm waiting for you to send that right person, that that believer that will be my spouse for life, my soulmate, and that person hasn't arrived yet. It's the single parent trying to honor God, but the responsibility and obligations of being the single provider in so many areas just, just seems so overwhelming. It's the dedicated believer that wants to do good, but nagging temptation is always dogging their steps, weariness. There are some of us here in the room I would characterize us as we are worn out by obedience. You are doing everything God tells you to do. You're saying, I follow this and I practice this at work and at home, in my business, in my life. I'm trying to do the God's best and God's way every in every place, but Today, you feel worn out by obedience. It just feels like it's exhausting. In Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. The NIV says, The Lord is our shepherd, I shall not lack. Some of us are in a lack attack. Yeah. You lack strength, you lack direction, you lack stamina. You lack peace. 
You lack security. You, la- you, you, you lack direction in your life right now. And let me just bundle all that together. I, I'll just I'll categorize all that in one thing. You're just underblessed. You're underblessed today. Church online, some of you would describe yourself, I am underblessed. I'm in a lack attack. I am missing something. Today I'm going to invite you to experience God's best in worship. In fact, at the end of this teaching today, I'm going to have the worship team come back on the platform as we did last weekend, and we're going to end in a time of worship because worship, worship is God's solution to the lack attack. Worship is God's solution to the weariness of the soul that many of us feel. And God wants you to step into his presence. Now, of worship, let me say this. Worship is better experienced than it is explained. Now, I can explain worship to you, but it's better experienced. Now, I can explain the Niagara Falls to you. But I'll tell you, Niagara Falls is better experienced than it is explained. The Grand Canyon is better experienced than it is explained. The Statue of Liberty, it's better to see it for yourself than to have somebody tell you what it's like and describe. And some of us, some of us, we, we need to experience worship. We've had it explained to us. And the book of Psalms, which we're going to be reading from chapter 100, <laughs> it's a song book. It's a, it's a book of worship. But the book of Psalms for many of us is like a, is like a travel guide brochure. You ever picked up a travel guide brochure and it will show you places, uh, Grand Canyon or uh, Mount Rushmore or wherever you're wanting to go to Chicago or what, what, whatever it is, it'll, it'll, it'll describe it to you, it'll give you a picture of it. But, but there's no laughter in the brochure. The, the brochure is just to inspire you, to let you know what you're going to experience when you get there. And the experience will always be better than the brochure. I want to say that the book of Psalms is going to teach us about worship, but it's better experience. I, I'm going to invite you to, to move into worship. And worship is just not tapping your foot to the music and kind of nodding your head to the beat. Fellas, I'm going to invite us to move into worship. And some of us say, that's way outside my comfort zone. I'm just not like that. That's just not who I am. Can I tell you that God deserves our worship and there's an experience in God you'll you'll never fully appreciate until you learn to become a worshiper. Worship is better experienced than it is explained. And I want to speak on the subject today, why we worship. Why we worship. The Bible answers that, why we worship. So go with me. If you have your app, open it up. Or if you have your Bible, to Psalm 100. Now, Galatians chapter 5, we have the fruit of the Spirit. In Psalm 100, we have the fuel of the Spirit. It's going to tell us how to, how to go to a new level of God, the strength to overcome the the struggles and the ups and downs of life, the fuel of the Spirit. Now, as I read Psalm 100, I'm going to read it in a different fashion than we're accustomed to. For you see, Psalm 100 opens in verse number 1 with saying, it has a shout, all all the people, all the earth, 
Then it ends with the last stanza that says, throughout all generations. Isn't it interesting that Psalm 100, verse 1 and verse 5, they, they start and they end in the same place. In fact, I'm going to say to you, Psalm 100 is the only chapter in the Bible I have ever found where you can read it from the top to the bottom or the bottom to the top. You start the same, you end the same, the message is the same, and the narrative never changes. Psalm 100 has a unique texture. It's the only chapter in the Bible I have found where you can go verse 1 to verse 5 or the last verse or verse the last verse to all the way to the top, and it says the same thing no matter which direction you read. And to illustrate that, I'm going to read the entire chapter, five verses, and we're going to start with the last verse. And not only am I going to read the last verse first and the first verse last, I'm going to read the last stanza of each verse before I read the first stanza. I'm going to read the verse itself in the opposite order. And notice, the message never changes. Psalm chapter 100, verse number 5. It'll come on the screen. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. Verse 4. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Verse 3. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It is he who has made us and we are his. Know that the Lord is God. Verse 2. Come before him with joyful songs. Worship the Lord with gladness. Verse 1, shout to the Lord all the earth. Wow, isn't that unique? This one chapter is written and praise, you start and end with praise whether you start from the top or go to the bottom or the bottom and go to the top. Wherever you are in life, whether you're on the top or the bottom, praise will work. Praise will work whether you're coming or going. Praise will work on a holiday and a horrible day. Praise will work on a payday and when you're overdrawn. Praise will work whether you're married or divorced. Praise will work whether things are going up or things are going down, whether you're springing forward or falling back. Praise will work whether you're sick or well. Praise will work whether you pass the course or fail the course. Praise will work whether it's positive or negative, whether you have a tailwind or a headwind in life. Praise will work whether it's the hottest part of summer or the coldest part of winter. Praise will work whether you're close or near. Praise will work whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Praise will work whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Praise will work whether you're retired or working. Praise will work whether you're rested or tired. Praise will work whether you're in first service or second service. Praise will work whether you're male and female. Praise will work all the time. No matter which direction in your life you're going, the Bible tells us praise will always work. Amen. And God calls us to praise and worship him. 
There are three thoughts I'm going to deposit in our hearts today before our worship team comes back out, and we're going to, we're going to practice it. We're not going to explain it. We're going to experience it. And the first one is praise is a decision. Praise is a decision. Some of us will say it's, it's not a personality type. It's not a religious experience. It's not that. Because I'm, I just wasn't raised that way. Or somebody's saying, I'm just not disposed to that. That's not how I'm not. I, I don't know how. I didn't learn. Praise is a decision. Everyone in here, balcony, mean floor, young, old, every one of us, we can praise because we can make the decision to praise. Now, today can either be the weekend or the weekend. The W-E-E-K-N or the W-E-A-K-N. You decide. You'll decide. You'll decide whether it's the weekend or the weekend of your life. So you see, praise is a decision. And I want to invite us to don't let your troubles make the decision for you. Don't let your mood make the decision for you. You say, oh, I, I just can't worship the Lord today, Pastor my wife told me my mother-in-law's coming for two weeks. I just cannot worship the Lord today. I, all my victory's gone. All my joy is gone. You can make the decision. There are, there are going to be matters that come in life. There are going to be challenges. And so many times we feel like we've got to feel like worship. Worship is not a feeling. Worship is a decision. Guys, it's a decision we make, and it's not a disposition. It's not a feeling we have. We decide whether we're going to be a worshiper. Now, there's a difference between a thermostat and a thermometer, okay? The thermometer will just tell you what it's like outside. The other day, remember a couple weeks ago? It was 107 on a Sunday. Wow. I told Denise, I was crossing the parking lot after service to, to, to go home, and it was like an oven. The heat was radiating out, and, and it hit a hundred and seven. But I opened the door and come into the house, and Denise has the thermostat set at 75. Now, outside, in the outside, I can't control what it is on Westover Hills Boulevard. I can't control what it is in the north side, south side, east. I can't control what it is in San Antonio, what it is in Houston. I can't control the outside. But on the inside, we have a thermostat, and I can control on the inside. Your decision is the thermostat. Don't be a thermometer. Oh, I just don't feel like it. Don't let the outside affect the inside. Inside of you is a decision that you can make. Inside of you, you can say, today, I, I, I'm having trouble in my job. I'm, I'm struggling with a coworker. I feel like I'm, I'm just treading water. I feel like i got more obligations than I can attend to. But I am going to set my, my praise thermostat 
to worship the Lord. I'm going to make the decision today. And it doesn't matter what's around me. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter what CNN tells me or Fox News tells me. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. Gas may go to $10 a gallon and serp to dollar sop. But today, I'm going to praise him. Today, I'm going to worship him. Today, I'm going to lift up holy hands unto the Lord. We can make a decision. You're in charge of your own thermostat. I didn't expect to get an amen out of that, but I said it anyway. You're in charge of your own thermostat. The worship leader's job is not to inspire you to worship. The worship leader's job is to lead you in worship. And some of us think... It's their job to inspire me. Oh, you know what? They just didn't make the service quite as. I just didn't like the beat. Didn't like the song. I didn't didn't like the words to that. And it's not their job to inspire us. It's their job to lead us. The, you control your own thermostat. You, whether you worship or not, whether you go out singing, whether you go out with joy, whether you go out renewed in your heart is according to the thermostat that you have said and the decision you have made in your heart. Fellas, the devil is always trying to make us men feel uncomfortable in God's presence. Yeah. He wants you to feel uncomfortable in God's presence. Because he knows in God's presence, you discover God's power. And he'll do anything to distract you. Have you ever noticed? It's when you get into worship service. And worship service starts. Oh, man, I forgot that email. Oh, I need to change the oil. Oh, my, I need to follow up on that call. I wonder what Aunt Yo-Yo's doing right now. Uh, I, and then that, the phone begins to vibrate. These you know, things begins to vibrate, and this becomes our distraction. The devil will do everything he can to distract you from worship. Yeah. Church online, it's, it's the moment you get in worship, then all of a sudden the call starts or your son says his stomach is bothering him or the doorbell rings or this begins to happen. The devil will do everything he can to distract us from worship, but worship is a decision. We have to decide to worship. The devil doesn't want you to worship. He doesn't want you to feel comfortable in God's presence. Why? Because the devil is allergic to worship. <laughs> yeah. When you begin to worship and you begin to celebrate and you begin to lift up your heart to the Lord, he, he gets allergic to that. He has to leave. He, he won't be around. He won't be hanging around. There's just something about putting yourself into God's presence that God does something in your li life and renews your heart. And I'm going to invite every one of us today to make the decision to worship. Don't expect the worship leader to inspire you. Don't expect the worship leader to do your worship for you. Don't expect the worship leader to offer praise for you. I'm going to invite every one of us. We love Jesus. You love Jesus. He's our Savior. There's a person that's redeemed us. There's a person that hung on a cross for us. Jesus saved us, and he is due worship. 
The Bible says he's worthy of our praise. And I'm going to invite you to join me together and let's worship him. Number two, I share with you, praise is a pathway to God. Yes, praise is a pathway to God. Finding and enjoying God is the goal of praise. It's the purpose of praise. See, God created worship because he wants you to enjoy him. Yeah. Praise is the pathway to God. And in the Gospel of John, chapter number 3, Jesus is having a conversation with a man by the name of Nicodemus, and Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Can I invite you to read one more chapter in the Bible? You read John chapter 3, you must be born again. Go ahead and read one more chapter in the Bible because John chapter 4 says that you must worship. Yeah. John 3, you must be born again. John 4, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. There are two musts that are given to us right there in Scripture. And one is you've got to know Jesus, and the next one is you have got to worship him. You see, repentance is necessary to know God. Praise is necessary to enjoy God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen people? Uh, they, they, they They don't enjoy their job. They don't enjoy their marriage. They don't enjoy San Antonio. You ever, you ever have people, you know, they move here. I just hate San Antonio. Y'all have fire ants and y'all have this and there's no road that's straight and, and there's nothing, you know, there's, there, the, I don't like this and the 1604 and 410. Have you ever, yeah, just, they go down that whole, that whole litany. Yeah. Okay, I love San Antonio. On every corner, I get the best tacos and the best picadot de, de gallo. I, 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 can, I, I never had a carne gasada taco till I got here. I mean, that, that took me to heaven. I mean, there's good stuff. You got to learn to enjoy it. You got to learn to enjoy it. Repentance. Repentance is how we, we come to know God. Praise is how we... Come to enjoy God. Let me unpack it forward a little little more. We pray when we're empty. We praise to keep from being empty. Mm. Prayer declares what we want from God. Praise is how we discover what God wants for us. Mm. Prayer expresses our need. Praise releases God's power. Prayer is God flowing into our life. Praise is God's power flowing out of our life. Praise. It's a pathway to God. And if we describe our best moments with the Lord, our best spiritual experiences in a past tense was instead of a present tense is, we need to up our worship. If, if last year was better with the Lord than this year, you need to renew your worship. If last month was better with the Lord, then you need to renew your worship. If last week was better with the Lord than this week, you need to renew your worship. We need to keep our worship current. We need to keep our worship alive. Yes. You see, if you'll get around God, God will rub off on you. <laughs> That's something... That's so important about coming to the house of God. Get around God, and God will just begin to 
God will begin to rub off on you. You'll just begin to experience things in the Lord that you never knew before. You'll, you'll begin to think like God. Praise just takes you to a place in the Lord that just will renew you from the, from the inside out. The other day I came across an advertisement, and I thought it was a church, a ministry, or counseling center, a Christian counseling center. Had three words, and I was caught by these three words because I, I liked them. They just... They caught my attention, and the three words were restore, rejuvenate, and rejoice. Wow. Restore, rejuvenate, rejoice. So it, it caught my attention. Is this a church? Is this a ministry? Is it a counseling center? You know what I discovered? <laughs> yeah. It's a cosmetic surgery clinic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going, to re they're going to go on the outside, and they're going to pull lines back, and they're going to tuck some things here and, and do some things there. God, tell you, I don't need a Botox treatment. I need to get in the presence of the one. And he says, if you'll get in my presence, I'm going to renew your youth like the eagle. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. And some of us, what we need to get from God is that renewing presence of God where he touches us in his presence. If you'll get in God's presence, you'll begin to praise him. You're going to discover God. It's the pathway, the pathway to God. Amen. Number three I share with you. Praise, it attracts blessings. Praise attracts blessings. When you begin to praise, it calls in blessings. It calls in blessings, yes. It calls in God's blessings. In Psalm chapter 67, verse 5, 6, and 7, it won't be on the screen, but let me just, let me highlight it for you. In, in verse number 5, there's the admonishment twice in one verse, praise God. Then in verse 6 and 7, it says he's going to bless us abundantly. One place it says he will bless you richly. Praise him and he will bless you richly. But there's one word right in between there I want to draw to our attention as I read the verse. Here's it is. Here it is, verse 5. Praise you, O God. Yes, may all the people praise you. Then, catch her that, then the earth will yield its harvest and God will richly bless you. Yes, God will bless. What's he saying? If you will worship him, God says, then I will bless you. And the earth, he's talking to a farming economy right there. It will yield its harvest. Let me bring it down to our vernacular today. Praise him. And when you praise him, then God will promote you. Praise him and God will bless you. Can I tell you, if you would be a worshiper, your tires would last longer on your car. Be a worshiper, you'd get better gas mileage. Be a worshiper and guess what? Your washing machine will wash longer. Be a worshiper, guess what? Everything will come, everything begins to work. Every time you go out and get something to drink, you always get that straw with a hole in it. Have you ever noticed that and you won't, can't suck up your drink? You praise God, can I tell you what? Your straw will work for you. The Bible says when you praise him, guess what? Then God says, I will bless you. Praise calls in God's blessings. 
I wonder what we have forfeited, forfeited by not worshiping. Yes. I wonder what blessing we left on the table because we came into service and we came in with the need. And in that same service, somebody was healed. Somebody, God lifted the world off of some, some, their shoulders. Somebody else, God restored them. God just gave them peace for the moment. And we walked down and said, well, I didn't get peace and I didn't get, we didn't worship. The Bible says worship calls in blessings. Let me tell you what happens. This happened. It's the people who are going to stay for worship and not right away. You know, we're getting towards the end. Let's get out. Let's go over there to the restaurant before the line gets there. Get in, get us something to eat. And you get out early because you want to. You want to. You don't want to be an extra uh, ninety seconds in the parking lot getting out. So you'll you'll step out of a worship moment to save ninety seconds, and you'll get to the restaurant. And the others they come and they worship. Can I tell you what happens for those that stay? Here's what God says. He says. Then I will bless you richly. When you get there, your name goes to the top of the list. And the people that get out early, about the time they arrive, three minutes before they get there, somebody that had a quinceanera brings 60 people in there to eat. <laughs> and you're an hour and a half getting a table. Right, that's, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. But if you stay, if you stay, you stay. God said, if you'll take care of my stuff, God says, I'm going to take care of your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to invite the worship team to get ready. The worship team's going to get ready. Denise and I went to Houston, and I was speaking at a leadership conference over there. So we were going in, speaking late that night. So we got a hotel room, going to stay there, and then come back early the next morning. So we drove in, got the, got the hotel room, went and spoke at the conference. I mean, we were just in and out. When we got in our hotel room, I'm telling you, the hotel delivered a gift basket to our room. A gift, you know, it, it, a basket, and it had popcorn, and it, it had some, some Oreo cookies and peanuts, and it, it had some juice. and ju It had just a gift basket full of wonderful just anything you want anything you want you find you could find something you could enjoy in that gift basket why did we get the gift basket and Denise looked at it and she said had a different room on it somebody else's name on it and she said guess of the day somebody this was for somebody else and I told her if, if God didn't want me to have this If God, if God didn't want me to have this, he wouldn't have had this delivered to our room. God, God wants me to have it. She said, I just can't believe you're doing this. That's just wrong. You just, you shouldn't do that. I said, babe, I, I didn't take it. I just received it. I have the ability to know how to receive a blessing, and you don't. But it's not your name. It goes to somebody else's room. I said, babe, I, it's my blessing, and I receive it. I went and spoke that night. We got back, and we are laying in bed and just kind of chilling out. And I'm going through, and I'm opening this and opening that and enjoying it. And Denise's over there, and she said, 
Let me see that bag. Let me see that basket a little bit. I mean, just, just a couple hours ago, she scolded me. She scolded me. And now she's, you know, I like that. And, and all of a sudden, she's eating out of my blessing basket. I mean, she's eating out of my blessing basket. And she couldn't receive it. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Somebody's eating your basket. Somebody's getting your blessing. Why? Because you came in and you, you, your mind was somewhere else and you're working on your, your Facebook likes and dislikes and you're, you're trying to balance this and you're working on a project for next week and you're in the presence of the king. And if you'd step in, the Bible says, if you worship him, blessings will flow. God says, praise me, and then the earth will yield its harvest for you. Absolutely. Psalm 65 and 4, I like this. Blessed are those that you bring near into your courts. Wow. They are filled with good things in your house and in your holy temple. Oh, I like that. Those that not just show up, they enter in. They enter in. Some of us have showed up, but we haven't entered in. I'm going to invite you to enter in. Praise is a decision. Yes. Praise is a pathway to God. And praise attracts blessing. So would you join me right now and stand together? And we're going to begin to prepare our hearts for worship.